Hi and welcome to the Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. So this week I've been looking into a case and Samantha, I feel like we shouldn't be doing a crime podcast because I never heard of this either and I feel like it's a pretty big one. So <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. So yeah, this one, we're going back a few years ago, but it's known as one of Scotland's most, I think it was the longest missing person case for quite a while as this person was missing for around 44 years. So this week, we're going to look into the disappearance of Renee McCray. So Samantha, have seeing chats every week, have you heard of this before? I don't believe I have. This is okay. new to me, I hope, okay. unless, yeah. That's it. Unless you notice something else, yeah, because there's bits of that I read and I was like, oh, maybe I have heard of it. Then I was like, oh, is that maybe something else? So yeah, it's got quite a lot of information, but I'll talk you through it and then we can see how we feel. So, perfect. Renee McCray was born in February 1940 in Inverness, Scotland, but she was born Christina Catherine MacDonald. So not only did she change her first name, obviously you change your second name when you get married if you wanted to, but she obviously changed her first name as well. She lived in Inverness for most of her life. Like It doesn't say anywhere that she ever moved. So she lived there up until when this all happens, which is the 70s anyway. And she lived there with her husband at the time. So that was Gordon McRae. And she had two sons. So she had Gordon, who was nine, and Andrew, who was three. Now, when this happened, so this is November. So it's the 12th of November, a Friday, when this all starts to happen. She is actually separated from her husband. Now, later on, you'll probably find out why or there's kind of reasons to it. But at this time, like nobody is really sure why they are separated, but they are separated. And it is, as I said, it's Friday the 12th of November. And noticeably, the weather was really horrendous that day in Inverness. Um, it began to cause, like, there was basically a storm um, kind of going all over the place. And by about 5pm on the 12th of November in 1976, it was mad in Inverness. Like people were like not traveling, not doing anything because it was just really, really bad weather. Renee did have to go out though, um, as she left her home, which was in Cradle Hall in Inverness. I don't know where that is, with both her sons in the car. And she dropped her eldest son, Gordon, off at his dad's or strange husband's. And then she headed on to the A9 in the direction of Perth as she was going to visit her sister in Kilmarnock. Neither Renee or her son turned up. So the same night about 12 miles away a train driver spotted McRae's car which was a BMW burning in an isolated lay-by so the police turn up and see the car and it was charred and empty apart from a rug stained with blood matching the same type of blood as Renee oh lord now I know it sounds you know like one of the most intense searches apparently started and they failed to find any trace of them. It was concluded then and there that the mum and son had actually been murdered and the murderer had made careful plans and disposed of the bodies without leaving any clues. Now obviously they spoke to witnesses in the A9 but obviously it's so much harder back then and they reported seeing a man dragging something they thought was a dead sheep not far from the car. Now, Renee was reported to have been wearing like a kind of sheepskin coat when she disappeared. Um, but reports also placed a man with a buggy in 
I think it was near a place called Dam Magari Quarry, which I had to Google. I didn't really know. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So, yeah. So this is, I was kind of like, okay, so off the bat, that sounds horrible, but pretty simple. Like, and what was going through my head when I was reading that is that you hear about these tragic cases that happen all the time. She broke down. And as you said, it was a really horrible night. Like that happened. There was a case, I think it was maybe England, that happened to a girl where she like broke down. And you hear about it all the time in America, the breakdown, a guy comes to help and ends up murdering them. Do you know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. why I was like, okay, that's what's happened. That's really tragic. Or, do you know, it's a complete unplanned killer. However, I don't think that's the case. As when you start researching into Renee's personal life, it all gets very twisted. So first and foremost, um, Renee had said to her ex that she was going to spend the weekend with her sister in Kilmarnock. And that's why they had assumed that the sister would have called the sin, the sister would be waiting up for her. This was a lie. She had never planned on going to her sister's. And in the boot of her car, she'd actually packed a small suitcase for her three-year-old, his pushchair and a blanket. So only two people knew about Renee's destination. So her best friend, William McDowell, who worked for her ex and her son. So this is a thing that then came out later because Renee isn't a fan of driving she's she's like you at night sam she doesn't like driving so she can't see her ex had actually was obviously concerned about this saw that it was going to be a storm and was like look why don't i buy your train tickets to go and see your sister obviously you would be like yes, yeah please. that's amazing she declined and he was obviously like what and she's like no no i'll drive along the a9 and do you know what i mean like the a9 is not do you know i mean it's quite uh if i remember it's quite a hilly road we've drove the a9 probably haven't we to be honest I have no sense of direction we could have been anywhere yeah so I think yeah so it's not a great kind of do you know what I mean so and they do more yeah it's not one to do in the dark if you're not a confident driver no exactly so a little later on about 6 p.m another driver whose child attended the same school as her son Andrew um she saw Renee's car as it made its way along the A9 However, when it reached the Mealmore, I think it's called Layby, Renee pulled over and parked. So she saw her parking on a Layby on the A9. So you need to remember, this is also November. It's a storm. It's dark. And this is a Layby off a main road. Like, Uh do you know what I mean? Like, we, you know what roads like that are like anyway. But especially a road like that, it's going to be pretty dangerous to pull over. So you wouldn't pull over unless there was a specific reason. Mm-hmm. now the next few hours it's a blue bmw it's been spotted by a number of drivers they all confirmed that the car appeared empty the lights and engines off it was parked but then by half past nine that night the car was gone nobody saw it so it's been moved at some point but nobody's 100 percent sure later on that night at around 10 p.m the bmw is spotted six miles along the road now this time it was parked in a kind of part like secluded spot and it was hidden from the road so you couldn't see it unless you were kind of looking for it really another then another motorist just after that reported the smell of smoke and he left the a9 to go and look and that's when he found the car ablaze so the car was empty but there was no sign of renee and andrew so they were gone so no one obviously really knows what's going on until monday the 15th of november renee fails to pick up her oldest son from school so her ex gordon rungs her sister in Kilmarnock and is like hey look when did they leave like she's not paid up her son was there any issues and her sister Mora Govins their name was like what are you talking about like 
she wasn't here. So obviously he's like, right, and phones the police. So he's probably not thinking there's been an accident. Probably at that point he's like, well, if she didn't go to her sister's, where has she gone? Or, you know, did she even make it to her sister's? But then finding out he didn't, she didn't plans to go to her sister's. So, like, you can't really imagine what this guy is going through. So, mm-hmm. Rennie and Gordon were heading for divorce. So, they were split, but they actually remained quite good friends. They had found new partners. However, Renee just um, decided to like, keep the identity of her new partner secret. However, later this week, when Renee's missing, Gordon discovers why. So, the police decide to contact one of Renee's best friends, Valerie. So, Valerie Stevenson, I think her name was, to see if she could cast like any light on where whereabouts, like, where is she gone? Like, what's going on? And obviously, when your friends go missing, you kind of have to start telling people things. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, if you've got secrets for your friend, if you think it's going to interfere, you start having to tell the police. Valerie then tells the police that Renee has been in a relationship with the accountant, her best friend, William MacDonald, who worked for her husband for almost five years. So William MacDonald was married, had two children, and he was Gordon McRae's accountant and company secretary. Now, nobody knew about this affair except from this friend, Valerie. Um, So basically, it was then came out that she had no plans to go and see her sister. She was going to spend a couple of nights with him before they then told Gordon and Bill's wife, what's her name, Rosemary, so we're going to tell them, going to spend a couple of days together planning, tell Gordon and Rosemary, and then they were going to leave and start a new life in the Shetlands. But obviously, Gordon's like, wait a wee minute, I've got two kids. So, like, how would they have gone? It was then revealed that Andrew, the youngest son, was actually William's son. He was a biological father. So Rennie had actually confided in her friend to tell her about the affair and this was like spring 1973 and she'd been pregnant with Andrew. Now according to this best friend, she said that she was completely besotted by William and that he had basically told her that he'd managed to get a job with Texaco in the Shetlands and had found a house where they could live and like they basically it all kind of came out to be like a pack of lies and like William admitted their affair but has not spoken about like basically where they're going to run away or stuff. So that makes him look very sketch. Because it could be that, like, he's wanting to then end this affair. But anyway, so this was an affair. So obviously, shock, Gordon sacks him. Yes. And when William was interviewed by the police, and obviously the press are like, whoa, like, this is some juicy details. He tells the same story. However, he denies making any arrangements to spend the weekend with Renee and their son and said it is absolutely rubbish that they were going to start a new life in the Shetlands. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never said that. So that, as I said, suspicious. Mm -hmm. So William's been like, you know, all over the Scottish paper, standing next to his wife and like swearing to the press that his affair was over and that basically like in the days since her disappearance, like he'd received like loads of phone calls, which basically indicated to him that Rennie and Andrew were still very much alive, but they did not want to be found. So she hadn't contacted her husband, she hadn't contacted her other son, but she'd contacted her affair to tell him that her and, the, him, that her and her son were still okay, they just didn't want to be found. Mm. So I'm like, okay, like- What about the other son? Well, yeah, well, that's my thing. So, yeah, like, you'd contact the son and be like, look, I'll come and get you when I can. Or, like, if she was running away, take those kids. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, 
but Rosemary, so Rosemary's, sorry, there's so many names and so much information. So Rosemary Williams' wife, however, decides mm-hmm. to stand by her husband, even though his affair and his oh, love child no, is all over the paper. However, a senior police source revealed that William had actually gone to an Inverness police station shortly after Renee's disappearance. And he was seen to have been in quite a distraught state state and he had significant information however before he started like before he could reveal the information so he started to talk rosemary turns up and drags him from the building and is like oh he's fine he's fine like just no leave him. Mm-hmm. this is getting juicier and juicier. yeah so this is seen and like nobody kind of questions it so obviously the police are searching renee's house and they basically find that she's like packed up so like, her belongings are packed into boxes and she was definitely planning to go somewhere like the house indicates that she was she was getting ready to leave they don't know where she was mm-hmm. going what she was doing there's nothing to say like oh she was going to leave with a boyfriend but like she was definitely packing her house to leave which i'm then like the older son must have known something he lived in the house yeah like so like if your mum started packing up you're not going to just be like all right like you're gonna be like where are you going (laughs) obviously i need to go back to the car so they start doing forensics examinations on the car and it had been set alight deliberately no shock like cars don't just go on fire (laughs) however the boot remained relatively intact so when they open it they discover that andrew's pushed here and his suitcase are gone but his blanket was still there stained with a small amount of blood so they immediately suspect foul play and they start a nationwide request for information. So missing persons posters are put all over the UK. Like they've gone into England, everything. Also, her ex-husband, well, the dad, offered an £1,000 reward for information, which at the time is a lot of money. And still yeah. for like his ex and his son, let's find out it's not even his son. Mm-hmm. Like fair play to him. Like absolute fair play. So witnesses basically... There's very few and far between. There, do you know what I mean, as I said, the weather was awful. Like, do you know what I mean? And you're really, when it's well like that, you're not going to look. Do you know what I mean? Which no, sounds silly. You're going to just drive like to where, yeah, yeah. A, it's a busy road. Yeah, yeah. So you're not just going to be, like, taking account of every sure. single thing you see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, obviously, who starts getting involved? The press. So, especially with, as we've said, this is juicy information. And for... Somewhere like Inverness in the 70s, this is quite a big case. And it was very intense. So, Renee, like, you don't really know much about the husband, like, the like ex-husband. I didn't feel like speaking much. But obviously, you know he's got employees under him in his business. He's a very rich and successful man. And, you mm-hmm. know, she was portrayed as something of, like, you know, like a scarlet woman in the press. Like, whereas she wasn't like that. She was quite an ordinary woman who just married a wealthy man. And then right. actually wasn't even happy with him. Do you know what I mean? So her sister and friends, like, were, like, and the husband really defended, like, what the press were saying about her and were like, nah, that's actually not true. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, don't be saying stuff like that, which is actually <laughs> quite nice to hear. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, like, people, like, her friends and that said, she was, like, really down to earth, a devoted mother, which is, like, lovely to hear. So eventually, <laughs> like, the Inverness police get involved and basically, like, start getting rid of, like, the rumours and speculation. And just basically just like say that, that their investigation was actually really difficult as it was being hampered with like secrets, lies, and they basically had to set the record straight about Renee's character, which is so horrible that the police have had to come out and be like, actually, no, like she was nice. Like, why are you guys all saying that? Like, mm-hmm. it's like they've got yeah. enough going on. There's a missing woman. 
this is you know like what a I mean? TV show. Yeah, exactly. Like an American TV show. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, by the summer of the following year, there is still no sign of the missing mother or son. There is no new leads. There is nothing. So anyone else, please believe that, do you know what I mean? The clue to their whereabouts might lie in one of the flooded quarries near the A9. Now, they were particularly interested in a certain quarry called Lenac Quarry, close to Cullenden Battlefield. If I'm pronouncing all these wrong... It's, it's in Culloden. The battle of <laughs> okay. I was actually about to say if I'm pronouncing these wrong, I am really sorry. Like if we were any listeners from like Inverness of the Highlands, they're gonna be like, shut up. Because I honestly don't know how to say half of these places. I'm like, eh, so yeah, <laughs> that battlefield. However, they did search the quarry, which annoyingly loads of locals use it as like a fly tipping site, and it was obviously very hazardous. Um, but yeah, they basically used like a camera to like probe the murky like water, um, and they basically saw like a skeletal face in one of the images. No way! So the oh navy divers went down, obviously being like, "Oh my god!" Um, but to their disappointment, um, it turned out to be a crumpled plastic bag. <laughs> oh, no. Which I shouldn't laugh, but I'm like, oh dear. So they basically went down and the divers were like, look, those conditions are virtually impossible. Like, it was a dump site. Like, they were having to, like, crawl through, like, bits of plastic and stuff. Like, there's no way. And it's a massive quarry. The visibility was, like, awful. And the more they searched, like, it was just making it more difficult. The more they, like, kind of looked through things. So basically, yeah, like, the way the police described it is they were searching for a needle in a haystack and the quarry was just abandoned. Like, they were just like, look, we're not going to find anything there. Mm-hmm. One of the detectives, Jet, Detective John Cathcart, he actually was like really frustrated at that because he was convinced there was something there and that other like police officers, including himself, detected the smell of rotting flesh in that area and believed Ooh. that if they'd maybe searched a lot another few days, they would uncover the source. However, they didn't, and with literally no real leads, the case goes cold. But obviously, no one really kind of forgot about it, especially up there. And like, police routinely revisited this case on anniversaries about because you know, a mum and son just going missing, and like, obviously, her family, like, you don't just disappear into thin air. No. In 1998, police made what they believe was a breakthrough when a bank card bearing the name R. McRae was found in a dialect building near a house once owned by Gordon McRae. However, oh. this card had been lost by a lady called Ren McRae years before so it was a complete false lead which is mad like that is so so mad like how do two people with that name do you know what I mean well R McRae do you know what I mean in a house that he owned anyway Mm -hmm, yeah this had went cold so as most cases do it went cold however in 2004 Grampian Television released a documentary called Unsolved and it was screened throughout Scotland and this brought up interest in the case and an investigation was reopened. Now in 2004, Chief Constable Ian Latimer launched a cold case review which led to £122,000 being spent on this case, most of it on the excavation of a quarry. Now I know that I mentioned to you earlier, was it Leonac Quarry? Was that the quarry Mm -hmm. we spoke about earlier? Yeah, it's not this quarry. Renee's sister Morag um, requested that it was looked at but to look at Dalmagari quarry because remember if you go back there was a man seen with a pram um, there on the night they had gone missing remember the whole sheepskin coat thing mm-hmm. yeah. so someone said they'd saw a man walking along the A9 throughout the rain 
close to this quarry. So they empty this quarry over three weeks in August 2004 and they find 20,000 tonnes of earth, 2,000 trees and all that was found were two crisp packets, some men's clothing and rabbit bones. So really this quarry was completely emptied but unfortunately it actually brought like no new light to the case which is really disappointing. Um, just get forward before we go on about any other quarries. A quarry that I first spoke about, Leonac Quarry, next to Culloden Battenfield. Um, Culloden! <laughs> I know! Was searched <laughs> in 2018 by Police Scotland, but nothing came of that either. So way back in 2004, sorry, go back a couple of years, 2004, 2006, that kind of time, they had spent £250,000 reinvestigating this case. So the... Publicity also starts sparking up again in 2004 because it's been reopened and it did prompt Bill McDowell, so William, the good old affair, mm-hmm. came out. At this time, he now lives in London, obviously still with devoted Rosemary and basically released like a small statement to the press just being like, I didn't do it. It's all starting up again and it's a nightmare for myself and Rosemary. It keeps following us around. We can't escape it, but I didn't do it. Rosemary's been like, enough. Yeah, I'm like, Rosemary's having a tough time. But anyway... So, as I said, there was nothing found in any of the quarries, so the Inverness police continued their investigation. Now, in 2006, they took the step of naming their prime suspect. To the immense disappointment, the prosecutor fiscal decided there was not enough evidence to prosecute the prime suspect, and this suspect immediately fled the country to the US. Now, because there was not enough to charge him, they can't... Yeah, it was... uh, They obviously (laughs) can't name him, because you're not allowed to do that, obviously, which is disappointing but like yeah I know I'm like name them but then you hear about people that get like imagine he actually had nothing to do with it and it just ruined his life anyway so frustrated by the lack of progress made by the police a farmer called Brian McGregor decided to make his own inquiries into the case now he was convinced that a witness who wouldn't speak to the police would speak to him he placed an advertisement in the local newspaper asking (laughs) for information so this random guy has been like if you don't want to go to the police like come to me instead and I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know who you are, but you're saying a bit dodgy. Um, but within two, like within days, two men who were working on resurfacing the A9 came forward with new evidence. So, wow, two it men, yeah. So two men had left a section of the A9 close to the Dalmagari Quarry, nearly patched at the end of their shift on Friday the 12th of November. When they resumed work the next day, their digger had been moved, and the tarmac turned up as if it had been resurfaced by an amateur. Now they oh. didn't come forward at the time because they believed press reports that Renee had might have just ran away with a lover. So they were like, "Oh, the gals ran away." So there's no point in actually saying anything. So mm-hmm. speculation begins to focus that the bodies might be buried under the A9, oh. which is wild. Like when you think uh-huh. about it, I cannot who believe who owned like so Brian McGregor. Good old Brian, this new investigator, uses his own money to scan the patch of tarmac identified by the two men and discovered an anomaly which he believes to be Andrew's pushchair. Now, the police have agreed that this is a possibility that the area will be investigated when widening work is undertaken on the stretch of the A9. However, um, the northern constabulary said that after studying aerial photographs taken by the Royal Air Force during the construction of the A9 they were satisfied the bodies were not buried under the road so that's just kind of also been written off which yeah I'm with you like it probably should have been looked at a wee bit more but alas 
November 2016 is where we are now and it's the 40th anniversary of her disappearance and Renee and Andrew are still missing there's still been no signs like that whole Brian McGregor thing is kind of like yeah however the police <laughs> and Renee's sister Morag she's really like for this which I totally get she makes an appeal for witnesses to come forward and this was followed in September 2018 on what would have been Andrew's 45th birthday Oh my word! That's which crazy. is mad, and they decide, to, mm-hmm, yeah, and they decide to release a picture of the missing Silver Cross push chair. After fresh witnesses came forward, police announced in the summer of two thousand nineteen that they were returning to Leonette Quarry to conduct a fresh search. So, bearing in mind, like I told you earlier, like in October two thousand eighteen, there was like Nana hunting this quarry. Last year, two years ago, oh my god, what year is it? Two years ago, they decided to go back. So this time the quarry's fully drained and a plantation of fir trees dug up. Over fat, over 50 cars were removed from the mud along with tons of rubbish which required like proper analysis. Like They rummaged through everything. At the bottom of the quarry, police discovered human bones and a mangled silver cross push chair. There, yeah, no like, way. Yeah, yeah. So they find that at the bottom of the quarry. But they've been saying... Yep. Dig it up. So the quarry thing. they should have dug up. Yeah, but they were like years ago. A different quarry for some crisp packets. Yeah, years <laughs> and years okay. and years ago. Wow. Like, how mad is that? Like, why? Like, it makes you think. Like, like that police officer. Obviously, no wonder he regrets it. He's like, oh god, I probably should have dug that up. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is so mad. So yeah. Anyway. So yeah. It was never, like, they didn't really confirm if this had connection to the two of them. But, can I read it? You know, the bones were too kind of destroyed to kind of say anything. But, like, come on. So, anyway, we don't know if it was the, like, discovery of the human bodies or whatever. But within three weeks, police flew out to interview an unidentified witness in Spain. Who, after 43 years, decided to come forward and make a fresh statement. On the back of the statement... Police travelled to Cumbria in the English Lake District and arrested William McDowell. No. Mm-hmm. McDowell, aged 77, was charged with the murder of Renee and her three-year-old son, his three-year-old son, Andrew. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. How mad is that? Wow. So, he, yeah, so he was charged. Like, days later, he went to court, which is wild how quick it can kind of happen, do you know what I mean? So, he went to court and was charged in Inverness Sheriff Court and I think it was the 11th of September kind of time. Oh. Yeah, so I think it was the 11th of September. I was really struggling to find stuff like this and a court date was set for, as I said, 2020. Now, we all know what happened last year and the last kind of record I can find of it is he it had been rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled and I think the date I could find was October the 12th. However, I have like googled like sentencing, everything like that and as far as I am aware, he has been charged however, he has not been sentenced. Okay. And like, I don't think, he's pleading not guilty so I don't think it's actually gone to proper court yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. as I've said, like, I really have looked everywhere. And, like, if I'm totally wrong and I'm missing, like, this major bit, like, there's nothing I can find. However, yeah, I think hopefully if we find something, we could even do a wee spin-off to this. But that is kind of where it finishes now. So he's been arrested. He's been charged. He's out on bail. And the last I heard, it was meant to be going to court in October. 
but nothing else I can find from that. So I'm assuming after the mess of last year, it didn't go to court. Mm-hmm. So we'll just need to keep a lookout for that. And when it does go to court, we can follow up. But yeah, yeah. that is really me done. So many twists and turns. Like, yeah, so many twists and turns. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if it was William, like mm-hmm. the police digging up the wrong quarry, he's like, whew, saved my life. And yeah. Now he's probably like, COVID, whew, saved my life. Yeah, this guy has got awful. As they said, because he has been charged, like she doesn't class as a missing person anymore. But, like, the crazy thing is, she was known as a missing person for 44 years, two months, and seven days. Wow. The, both crazy. of them are missing for 44 years. Mm-hmm. Like, with absolutely no leads. And you think about, like, her other son and, like, her husband. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is awful. Yeah. Like, that is so awful. And, like, to not know anything for that amount of time must be horrendous. It would drive you crazy, like completely crazy. Um, yeah, no, it's it's good that their bodies have been found, even though obviously they've not said it was them. But yeah, yeah. Two bodies in a silver cross buggy, like it, it must have been them, you know. Yeah, um, no, for sure, for sure. But oh, wow, yeah. As I said, if anyone knows any information about it that I have missed because like I know that was a lot of information but when things happen that long ago like it is actually really difficult to get some information and especially like I I can't believe that's how it's just ended Mm -hmm. like as I was reading that I was like oh he was charged I was like oh and then I'm like oh 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 Oh, it is it all yeah well yeah no give us a message on our Instagram at the crime pod underscore um, if you have any information. Um, do you have anything on the Spanish lead? No, like I think it's nothing. quite a few things where it's annoying, but mm-hmm. it's that thing where because... Oh, it's still at court. Yeah, because it's still at court or because like they can't name people if they don't use them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Which um, no. is annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a cracking case and... Yeah, just one of those things. I guess you really, you never know what someone is actually thinking of in their mind or yeah. going to do. It's just, oh, crazy. 